0: Hey science nerds, welcome to Beyond the Abstract, a podcast where we talk about the coolest cutting edge basic science research papers in a way that just about anyone can understand.
1: Welcome to episode 10 of Beyond the Abstract.
0: What day is it even now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're close to a month into quarantine. So we're trying something a little bit different. Derek and I are actually recording from our own houses. So
0: as responsible social distancers, flatten the curve. Yes. What's the tea, Ellen? What's the quarantine?
1: (laughs) Some quarantinis. Honestly, every day is just a repeat of what I do, which is just like kind of waiting for the next time I can eat or start drinking wine.
0: (laughs) It's crazy how early I can convince myself like that it's appropriate to have a cocktail. It's like,
1: 10am. Yeah,
0: I guess so. What else am I gonna do the rest of the day?
1: Also, when your lab happy hour, like some lab happy hours are starting at like 4pm. And it's like, well, I have to have my pre happy hour
0: drink. (laughs) You have to pregame the lab zoom (laughs) happy hour. I 100% support that, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, I feel like this is like the first time I've really like excelled at something in my life
1: you're excelling at quarantining yeah
0: i mean i also don't remember a time when i wasn't just like sprawled on my couch watching like endless movies and shoving hot cheetos into my mouth my mom wonders (laughs) why i'm still single but (laughs) yeah i feel like i I could be thriving honestly
1: honestly if you're finding a stash of hot cheetos in these times then i would date
0: you (laughs) thank you thank you
1: But you've been up to something actually productive, which you've been making some really cool tutorials on your immunofluorescence Instagram
0: oh yeah um for those of you that don't know I have an Instagram account called at immunofluorescence and I've been trying to encourage everyone to stay home by like putting up these tutorials it's kind of fun for me you know it's something new
1: and people should go find them because you've put, added them to your like story highlights right
0: yeah yeah so you can access them anytime yeah you know the other reason I want to say that I feel like I'm thriving during this pandemic is that I think I look really good in a face mask <laughs> Which like, I don't know what that says since it's like 75% of my face is like covered, but I just like can't stop looking in windows when I put it on.
1: I tell this to my sister all the time, but I'm like, if I could just like grow a beard, I'm covering like 70% of my face. I
0: think that's a good look for you. Which is
1: just ideal. <laughs> yeah. Which is just like face mask, yeah. you know, covering the lower half.
0: Is the CDC telling us to keep our faces covered basically just like an insult?
1: I think they are shading us. They're <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't want to see it, you guys. Yeah. Put half your face away.
0: Yeah. My my nightmares are also now like shifting where they mostly consist of me screaming, this is the worst during like a Zoom meeting or a Zoom lecture, and then realizing that I forgot to mute my mic.
1: I mean, if you don't have one cringe-worthy moment in a Zoom meeting with like older PIs, then you-
0: Did you even live through a pandemic?
1: Yeah, you have not lived through it. That's what you're gonna tell your grandchildren about.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other part of my nightmares is me being in two hour plus lab meetings. Oh wait, that's a reality, sorry.
1: Oh, Oh wait, that happens for you every week.
0: I do have to say though, I really like seeing everyone's like home decor. Like, you know what they say, like zoom is basically like a window into your soul. Totally. (laughs) Have you been keeping yourself busy?
1: I feel like normally I really like cooking for myself, but if I'm working, like actually working by the time I get home, I'm usually like pretty tired. So I feel like I've been making some more elaborate meals and I've been trying to bake a lot. But the sad thing about quarantine baking is that usually I'd like to share my baking with friends. But now I'm just stuck in the house with them. So I'm like, oh, 10 a.m. Time to eat another slice of lemon loaf.
0: Yeah. And also a great decision for my mental health. I decided to watch Contagion with my roommate. So (laughs) let us know if you want a movie review on that.
1: (laughs) So speaking of contagion, we are returning to a coronavirus-themed paper this week. Episode 8, we did another coronavirus paper, if you guys haven't checked that one out. This is another paper. It's a little bit different. It might provide a sort of slightly more optimistic view of the future of the pandemic. So the paper that we're discussing this week is called Reinfection Cannot Occur in SARS-CoV-2, Infected Rhesus Macaques, published on BioArchive in March of this year by the Chen Group at the Peking Union Medical College in Beijing. A major theme of this paper is reinfection. So this is exactly what it sounds like by the name. Reinfection occurs when you're infected with a virus you completely clear the virus and then you're able to get infected again with the same virus Mm -hmm. so this is an important part of studying coronavirus because there's recently some concern that reinfection could happen with covid some early studies in china were showing that patients who were cleared for discharge meaning they looked healthy they looked like they had completely cleared the virus left the hospital And then after a few days or weeks, we're testing positive with the virus. So the question that this raised is whether or not these patients are actually getting reinfected with the virus or if they're relapsing, meaning they sort of the virus reemerged, the same virus that they were infected with reemerged despite them seeming like they were clinically healthy. So this is an important thing to know about whether or not these patients who are being discharged from the hospital are fully cured, as we'd like to say. Mm -hmm. So another important theme of this paper is just talking about immunity immunity involves the immune system actually fighting off infections it's seen before so in terms of a viral infection once you are infected with a specific virus once your body is usually able to fight off the infection and after it fights off this infection it actually creates a memory of the virus so once it has this memory of the virus it keeps this arsenal of defenses against the virus So that means that if you get infected with the virus again, your body is able to fight off the infection faster and more effectively. So you either get less sick or don't get sick at all. And one really important form of immunity that the paper discusses is something called antibodies. Um, You might have heard of these before. In terms of viral infection, you typically make antibodies to a specific part of the virus. And this both allows your body to detect once a virus is entering your system, and then it also allows your body to alert other parts of the immune system to clear the virus.
0: And clinically, this has a lot of really important implications. First of all, this is the basis on which vaccines are formed and developed. For vaccines, we usually inject some sort of dead version of the virus or really weak version of the virus that we know the body can overcome easily. But it's essentially a cheat sheet for the body so that when it comes in contact with the real thing, it's ready to fight it off so that we don't get sick. Also, these antibodies are really important. We'll talk about it a little bit later. They're really important in telling us what stage of the infection that we could be in or just the fact that we got infected at all. Because once the virus passes, We might not be able to detect the actual virus, but we should be able to detect antibodies against the virus.
1: And then the final piece of background is just about the animal model they're using. So they're using something called rhesus macaques. And I don't think we've actually done a monkey study paper before, but as you would imagine, rhesus macaques, they're a type of monkey, and that means they share a lot of similarities to humans. They're kind of considered the gold standard of animal studies that you need to do before you go into clinical trials, like it would be ideal to do uh, monkey studies. However, they're very expensive to work with. They're obviously much more challenging to work with than mice. So typically these studies are limited to a small number of animals.
0: Your old lab actually worked with rhesus macaques, right?
1: Yeah, so I worked on the monkey form of HIV called simian immunodeficiency virus. So at the NIH, we got a lot of monkey samples. There's an entire vet staff that works with them, and the facility was actually like 30 minutes outside of NIH campus. But I got to actually visit the facility, and it's it's really interesting um, to see the animals and see the amount of care staff that goes into them.
0: Mm-hmm. If you could just estimate, do you know approximately how much it costs for each monkey to partake in a trial?
1: So I think I might be misquoting. I remember it's something on the order of like 10,000 to 20,000, maybe just to have like to purchase the animal, but then there's a ton of money that goes into Mm -hmm. like the upkeep and everything. So it's very, very expensive.
0: Yeah, obviously, it varies based on like the type of study you're doing. But just already, like the animal alone is just 1000s and 1000s of dollars. Yeah, it wouldn't be unusual for one of these studies to like go into the millions, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the question that this group was asking in this paper is, is it possible to be reinfected with SARS-CoV-2 after you've already been infected and cleared the virus?
0: So this is a really important question to answer because we have so far been telling patients that once they are cleared of the virus, once they get sick and hopefully get over the virus, that they can essentially go out into society and be totally fine because they're now immune. But if they're able to be reinfected, this is something that's really important to know because that means they could essentially be carriers of the disease again. And would they have to go through, you know, the same social quarantine and distancing measures to make sure that they still don't spread the virus?
1: And this being a new pandemic, we don't know the answer to this question yet. Mm -hmm. Since viruses can behave both ways, they can be completely cleared and you can be immune or you can get reinfected. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first experiment in this paper is just trending the natural course of infection in four macaques. And the mechanism of infection was tracheal infection. And they do this type of infection to best mimic the actual way that coronavirus infects our body. So then they monitored the clinical signs of infection in these monkeys. One example is weight loss. So three of the four monkeys had obvious signs of clinical infection and had weight loss. And they all followed the same sort of dynamics, meaning that their symptoms were peaking around three days of infection, and then they recovered from all of their symptoms after about two weeks from infection. Another thing that they monitored in these four monkeys is the amount of virus, and they did this through uh, swabs of their respiratory tract. And then they again tracked the amount of virus in these monkeys, and it followed the same dynamics as their symptoms meaning that the amount of virus spiked around three days after infection and then they were very low or undetectable after about two weeks the next thing they wanted to ask is if these monkeys develop antibodies against this virus and like we were discussing before antibodies are a really good marker of if your body is sort of mounting defense against the virus so they could track the levels of antibodies in the blood of these monkeys for the whole time course, they noticed that after about one week of infection, the antibodies against the virus were really low. However, after these two to three weeks when they were recovering from their symptoms, the group noticed that the monkeys had higher levels of antibody that were specific against the SARS-CoV-2.
0: And this is pretty normal because it takes our immune system time to actually generate these antibodies. And again, there are different types of antibodies, but even so, it takes time for the immune system to recognize the virus, to send the information of the virus to our immune cells that make antibodies, and then for this actual antibody process to occur and be efficient.
1: Usually like they found, the development of antibodies mirrors your clinical symptoms. So usually when you have really bad symptoms, feel really sick, your body hasn't made antibodies yet, but as you recover, your body is making antibodies to fight the virus. Um, so they look for other signs of infection, like the virus load, and they also looked at chest x-rays of the monkey's lungs.
0: I don't know about you, Ellen, but were you going through the ABCDEs of reading the chest x-ray?
1: <laughs> of course gotta check that to make sure there's no fractured clavicle.
0: (laughs) So in medical school we essentially learned this mnemonic of like how to read chest x-rays and it's ABCDE stands for airway bones cardiac diaphragm and then everything else because you know (laughs) there's always everything else.
1: (laughs) But they would always try to trick us because we would want to look directly at the lungs and be like oh there's a pneumonia and they'd be like oh just kidding they have like a fractured like clavicle yeah
0: they'd be like gotcha bitch the heart's on the wrong side and i'm like oh oh (laughs)
1: looks gotcha bitch this is actually a monkey chest x-ray not a human
0: (laughs) needless to say we were both pretty terrible at reading chest (laughs) x-rays
1: really served me well for my eight weeks of pulmonary that i had in both peds and medicine
0: yeah i'd be like oh looks fine they're like uh this person doesn't have lungs i'd be like "Oh." (laughs) oh cool Great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But for these monkeys, luckily, their chest x rays look clear after about two weeks after infection. So these monkeys would have actually met the clinical discharge criteria, meaning that they would have been sent home after being in the hospital.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't have any signs of the virus being active their lungs look good, they don't have any symptoms. This is essentially in the hospital, you're good to go. It's the best outcome you could hope for.
1: So the next thing they wanted to do is sort of the most crucial part of their paper, which is the reinfection model. And the question they're asking here is, can these monkeys that have seemingly recovered from the virus be reinfected? So the way they modeled this is that in two of the monkeys, they reintroduce the virus four weeks after the first infection. And again, they're giving the same dose into the trachea as they did before. So when they monitored the symptoms in these monkeys, they found that neither of these monkeys had any weight loss. They had no real signs of infection. And again, when they were doing the throat swabs, they didn't detect any virus in these monkeys. So because they had two monkeys in this group, they actually euthanized one monkey five days after the re-challenge. And when they looked at all different sites of the body to see if they could detect virus anywhere, they did not detect virus in any of the sites that they checked.
0: Yeah, they even looked really close at the lungs and then did histology, did immunofluorescence to look for like viral proteins within the lung and they weren't able to find anything, which is a good thing.
1: If a chest X-ray looks clear, there could still be virus there. So they wanted to make sure that there was no virus detected and then the other monkey the second monkey that was re-challenged didn't develop any signs of infection for the remainder of the study which was about two weeks after the re-challenge
0: so i mean that's pretty good essentially in both of these monkeys that were reinfected they didn't show any signs of active infection it just seems like they're protected from the virus
1: going back to the importance of the study and what they were originally asking is the group wanted to know if we will develop this immunity against the virus after the first infection. And this study gives some preliminary evidence that yes, once we're infected, it seems like we can be protected from a 2nd rechallenge. And of course, as Derek was mentioning, this has really important implications for how we'll approach social distancing measures and also reintroduction of people who were infected previously.
0: Yeah, essentially like how will I come crawling out of the cave that is my house? And will I be safe from everyone?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the CDC will be like, we're going to have that guy just keep the mask on at all times (laughs) for the rest of his life.
0: (laughs) The pandemic's actually been over for a few weeks. No one's told me. (laughs) They're like, maybe it's better if he stays in the house. (laughs) He's
1: thriving in there. We'll leave him.
0: (laughs) There's obviously a lot of shortcomings, with this study. I mean, it's only really four animals, which is a really small sample size. Again, we explained why it was done this way. It's just because these rhesus macaques are essentially the gold standard before you do anything in humans, but they're also really expensive. So there's really like a cost benefit trade off here.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there are many groups across the globe who are also trying to perform some more similar studies, both in monkey models and also other animal models.
0: There's still a few questions that remain in terms of, are we actually going to be immune? And like, for example, how long would this antibody response like even last? Like how long are we going to keep producing antibodies at some sort of level that's high enough to protect us. Because even for a lot of vaccines, we have to get booster shots just because our immune response can wane over time.
1: And another thing is how much antibody do you actually need to produce to get protection from the virus? Different people can develop different levels of antibodies. And sometimes the levels that you produce might be low and that might not be enough to protect yourself from reinfection.
0: As with all things, the things that determine this are really unknown. It's some combination of genetics and your environment, probably the microbiome.
1: <laughs> he said that just to make me happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be really interesting to see Okay, what ensures us that we actually have a good antibody response?
1: We were saying before this has really important implications for vaccine design. So for a vaccine, the ultimate goal is that you produce antibodies against the virus that you're targeting. And one really crucial question when you're developing a vaccine is what part of the virus do you want the antibody to target? So at this point, it's fairly unknown of which actual part of the coronavirus that would be best protected if you made antibodies against it
0: if you listen to our other episode episode 8 you'll remember that we talked about the spike protein the spike protein is the part of the virus that binds to human cell receptors in order to enter human cells so a lot of people right now are actually designing vaccines against the spike protein so that hopefully we can produce these antibodies that neutralize the virus to prevent it from actually entering human cells.
1: Another thing that's currently ongoing beyond vaccine studies is groups, including a group at Penn, are developing tests to test for the antibody levels in people's blood to see if people who have been previously infected are developing antibodies against this virus. And the ultimate goal right now, the earliest rollout of this test would be for healthcare workers at the front lines so that means that once these healthcare workers might have been exposed to the virus if they're producing high antibody levels against the virus that means they are likely able to be more protected against the virus and maybe can go back to work
0: just another really important reason to study this is that we don't really know the trajectory of this virus could it mutate could it turn into something that's actually seasonal like the flu, right? Are you gonna have to make a new version of the vaccine every single year to keep us protected? Because that's one aspect about the flu that actually makes it so hard to make a vaccine that lasts year after year. It's because the flu mutates so much that after essentially a season, the vaccine that you got against it isn't really effective in preventing it anymore because the flu's figured out a new way to infect humans.
1: So this study is giving some optimism that if we're infected, we might be protected from a second infection. But as we were mentioning, like everything revolving around coronavirus, there's a lot of unknowns and there are a lot more ongoing studies and studies that will continue to be performed even after the peak of the pandemic.
0: To wrap this all up, I want to give a shout out really to the scientists out there who are doing a lot of basic research that a lot of the time people question people are like why are you doing this it doesn't really seem to be relevant for a really long time we thought coronaviruses just caused the common cold and they weren't really important people would be like why do you study something that's so harmless and doesn't seem to be a big deal. Well, now we know why.
1: People always want justification, like what is the clinical relevance of this? And for people who are studying emerging infectious disease, it's like this will likely happen in the future. It's not happening right now. So that's why it's important to like invest in basic science.
0: Yeah, we also wanna give a shout out to all like the healthcare workers out there, the janitors, the doctors, the nurses, the pAs everyone else who's working in the hospital to make sure it stays up and running like we really really obviously appreciate the work you do you guys are essentially the heroes of this pandemic right now
1: yeah the bravery that they have and the sacrifice that they're making is just really incredible
0: yeah it's really really just awesome to see
1: <laughs> so that's our episode thanks for listening if this sort of remote recording goes well we'll try to have guests in the future so that's something to look forward to
0: (laughs) yeah we've been busy we've been making friends you know (laughs) internet Internet friends
1: Friends. (laughs) where we thrive (laughs) but thanks for listening
0: bye